Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a great career, as well as talk to experts and employees who champion diversity and gender equality. In Series 3, we're teaching women how to be bold and proud in pursuing their career ambitions by sharing top tips and expertise from individuals who jump in equality and diversity in the workplace. We really want to help women find their superpower to give them confidence and motivation and perseverance to pursue the ambitions they have, both in life and work. Today, we're going to be talking about homeworking and how it can give a mum their superpowers if done properly. Now, the properly is the caveat that we'll be talking about because it's not just about sitting at your table and getting on with it. There is a need to have a homeworking strategy that suits you and your employer. And there are people and companies struggling to get this strategy right right now because with COVID, it's the biggest time we've faced where we are all homeworking and trying to balance everything. And so I'm delighted to have Maxine Robertson on the show, who's going to shed some light on what a great homeworking strategy would look like. Maxine, delighted to have you on the show. What we want to do off today is really encourage people to get into a place where they're not faced with low motivation and they feel stuck. We want to empower them, don't we, to feel like homeworking. So please do introduce yourself, tell me a bit about your background, and then we'll crack on with some of the areas to explore. So very briefly, I retired from academia last September, um, but I've worked at Queen Mary University for the past 13 years and before that Warwick University. And I was a professor there in organisational behaviour. But particularly when I worked in London, I developed um, what I considered to be a very effective strategy for, for working from home, because unless I was teaching or having meetings in London, I worked from home. I am now a qualified um, ICF coach, um, as well as being a professor emeritus at Queen Mary. So, yes, I think I've got quite a lot to say. I'll try and keep it brief. Um, about homeworking and how you can make it work for you, because I think it's very, um, people can imagine that it doesn't take a lot of thought, but in practice, you do definitely need to develop a strategy here. Awesome. So let's unpack that strategy, Maxine, today. So the differences between homeworking and office working, like what are those differences? Why is it a different strategy in practice? Principle, at least, um, when we start working from home as opposed to working in an office, um, we would free up some time quite naturally. We've no longer got to commute into the office. Um, And in fact, in surveys since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, lots of uh, employees have mentioned this as a big benefit of homeworking. Unfortunately, it's also very common for people to start to use that time. So in effect, they recognize that they've no longer got to commute to the office, but instead of using that time, I would say in a healthy fashion, they they start work at the time they would be starting out on their commute. So that's a very, very obvious pitfall of working um, from home versus working in the office. Um, So so you haven't got to commute. Um, 
And yes, you will have meetings when you're working from home, very similar to the meetings you had when you were working in the office. Obviously, they're going to be virtual meetings. Um, but there can be this sense of a lack of structure to the day. Um, when we're working in an office environment, um, we will naturally take breaks, comfort breaks uh, to get a coffee or to go to the bathroom. Um, and, it, and we, you know, inevitably will take it so at some point some time to take lunch. Now, I think people have this idea that um, now that they're working from home, um, this this in, in effect is completely within their control other than what they've got in their diary for that day. But it's very interesting, particularly with people with, who have got very responsible jobs and roles or, or who are working for themselves, to actually stop start working when they start, used to start a commute. So they're actually working longer hours to take less breaks, um, simply because there's this sort of notion that everything is is available. It, it, it's not down a corridor or down on a different floor in a building that you might be working in if you need to get to um, to make a, a drink or something to eat. But it's the fact that it's so close that people can hang on and not take breaks. Um, they can um, diary management becomes much more important um, it's an important activity but it's interesting that when people are what you are doing then all the factors that that feed into high levels of motivation are almost naturally there I mean things like um, challenge things like I mean if we um, motivational factors there's lots of theories around motivation but um, a challenge recognition for a job well done well interestingly the recognition if you're working for yourself is the um is is effectively doing a job well and being recompensed for that for, for doing that job well now interestingly when you work for an employer um i'm i'm actually giving some working from home seminar workshops at the moment and employers just don't recognize that when people aren't face to face um, people are working from home for an employer that they do need to to maintain contact with their input their staff and to purposefully um, recognize what what their staff are doing for them mm. you this is something again that because we are we when you're working from home you're not the things that you would take for granted in an office, just bumping into somebody in a corridor and they say, oh, great job. You know, thanks for that piece of work last week. Great job, you know. And then it that just flies out of the window when people are home working. Clearly, managers and uh, mm. have also got big responsibilities. And clearly, these times are very tough. Um, but things like um, challenging work, I mean, again, that if, if we're doing something rather mundane at home um, that we don't find particularly challenging, even if we're doing it for ourselves, we, there would need to be adequate compensation for doing that. You know, it's it's. But if we are engaged in challenging work, uh, we get well. We we 
we in a, in effect we would have to we would have to recognize ourselves if we were working for ourselves but i think that would come in the financial rewards but motivate i think a lot of people get confused between what are referred to as motivational factors and what are also referred to as hygiene factors hygiene mm. factors are things like having adequate resources having the the right te technology to do the work you need to do um having um uh, another hygiene factor would be a hygiene factor work working from home would be the opportunity to spend time say with pets and family that those are not motivational factors they mm -hmm. are things that make that if they're missing we are dissatisfied but they don't motivate us so i when i'm talking to employers i make it very clear that the difference between these two things that um, an employer does need to provide the right resources so that people can work effectively from home mm -hmm. and without them people will be dissatisfied um, and the things that the positive aspects of working from home building your own boundaries around your work day and your uh, personal uh, days um, having the opportunity to choose when when you might take breaks and so on they're not motivational factors they mm. just make life a little bit more interesting comfortable let's put yeah, it like yeah that. interesting okay so let's talk about what are the motivational factors if if you're an employer thinking about how to motivate your workforce um or you're working by yourself and try you know yeah you know, reflect back on what you said if you're passionate and you're working by yourself you might be really passionate but you know i know people who will work a lot of hours even more so because they have no boundaries they're working for themselves and they'll just keep plodding on so um yeah what's what's the ways that you can motivate yourself and manage those boundaries it's important that you if you're that you it goes back to self-management i think um we need a sense of achievement each and every day so we can just we could just plod on and plod on but it's very important, actually, when you're working um, mm. for yourself to prioritise your tasks and have them not just in your head, but literally written down. And there's a difference there between important tasks and urgent tasks. Mm -hmm. yeah? um, I think there's a human tendency to focus on what's urgent, mm -hmm. but there are things that... Um, Equally, there are things that are important, but that may not be so urgent. They're, they probably feed more into the longer term. Mm -hmm. And it's quite important each and every day that we we actually can tick off not just the urge, some of the urgent tasks, but to have made some headway at least on the important tasks. It's about prioritization mm -hmm. and not being driven in a very reactive mode. Yeah. yeah. So that gives us a sense of achievement um, each and every day. And we, you know, um, and it is, I mean, I've heard, I've heard about techniques of a to don't list, you know, rather than a to do list. But I think the important thing is split <laughs> is separating out urgent and important and being able to say at the end of every day that you have started or, or possibly completed some of the important tasks that will give you a sense of achievement yeah okay yeah um the other the the i think when you're working for yourself there is this issue about challenge and responsibility um when we work for an employer um they aren't perhaps 
well, they, they, they need to be addressed. But, but in effect, we're going to be having a conversation with our employer about the, the nature of the work we do. But as I said, if, if our work isn't challenging, it won't be motivational, but it's finding that balance because I think relish, relish, relish the challenge then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but the, the, I suppose the important point there to make, of course, is that when we're in an office environment, it's good to be challenged in our work, but we also need to know who we can contact or what we can do if we do hit a brick wall in terms mm-hmm. of the work we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So again, because the, the one thing you've got to avoid, um, well, got to avoid, yeah, I suppose, is um, overload, role overload and overwhelm, yeah? Yeah. Um, and it can be a very isolating experience working for yourself or, yeah. or working from home. And I suppose that takes me to third point around motivation is that the vast majority of people do require social interaction in a day. It isn't, I think it can be easy to to believe that that is a frivolous use of time. Mm -hmm. But if you, it comes back to taking regular breaks, to, to taking some time to have some lunch. If there are no other opportunities in the day to talk to other people, literally talk to them on the phone or via a a Zoom meeting, then you've got to find time in the day to do that because otherwise um, we can just feel, we can just feel, it can be, well, it it is a, it can be a very isolating experience. And as I say, Mm. there's always more to do. And I think people have to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, there is always more to do. Um, But again, I go back to this idea of urgent versus important tasks. Yeah, It's not that you have to finish everything that's important, but if you're making Mm -hmm. some headway with them and perhaps do a review at the end of the week or at the end of a month, you know, everybody will be working to different timeframes here. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. this idea of self-management, it doesn't happen by accident. It needs planning. No, it's important. And reflecting back on that social interaction point, you know, people might think, well, I'm on meetings with people all the time, every day. Does that count as social interaction or do you mean something not a meeting? I I think it's, well, it, I think we can overlook the fact that when we work in an office environment, we might talk about work with colleagues, we we definitely talk about work with colleagues, but we also do have some social interaction. So again, you you go and make a cup of coffee in a a kitchen area Mm -hmm. and people will say, how was the weekend or whatever. I mean, it's sounding rather trite here, but it's not, it's, I I deal with maintaining sort of a mental health here. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you've got, a couple of good friends that you know understand you they recognize your your life context it's a good idea to speak to them at least two or three times a week and it doesn't have to be in the evening it, I, it, it, it you can schedule it into your working day you know? yeah, yeah. Um, my, my the work I used to, well did as an academic did require me to spend long periods working literally on my own looking at a computer you know doing research (laughs) or writing 
that said, and, and, and there's that wonderful feeling when you're in flow and you lose all sense of time and things are, you know, it feels quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But you you can't maintain, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you when when you're in flow, you you should um leverage that. You should you shouldn't say, oh, it's it's one o'clock, I need to have lunch. Yeah. But literally two or three hours down the line, you need to stop and not everyone but the vast majority of people do need perhaps some people might say they take a break by i i will absolutely oh sort of um going off to tangent here but i would say it can be so easy to get drawn into social media and see that as a form of social interaction Mm. but what i'm talking about is genuine even if it's virtual you know Going through your Instagram yeah. or your Facebook and, and just pressing like against hundreds of posts. <laughs> it doesn't count as social, right? <laughs> it does not. Um, and we're, you know, if you if you read any um, anything about the techniques of what you shouldn't do and don't do in a working day, one of the don'ts is is spending time on social media mm, yeah? interesting interesting yeah so uh, yeah those some of those points really resonate with us i think we, you know we had an online chat uh well we use chatter because it's salesforce tool and and when there was a mix between office work and homeworking it wasn't as actively used whereas actually now the team are really using it more to ask questions collaborate ask advice on different solutions and it's working really well um because we always had that mix to say some people were in the office and some were homeworking so there was a little bit of a mixed engagement whereas now it's it's full steam ahead and I think those social you know people are getting you know zoom, zoomed out you say you kind of yeah. online so but I think it's you say you kind of don't have the energy but when you turn up for something even though it's online to do something social and you can have fun and I think having a laugh you know that's really yeah. important is being able to have a laugh as opposed to yes. some, I mean some meetings don't get me wrong you'd hope some meetings you might have a giggle about something or other but generally you tend to be like talking about stuff and you know it's not as uh, just as freeing is it is that um picking up your point about reward though and rewarding yourself how can you demonstrate to employers how you are performing because I think you know there are employers out there and obviously I represent mums where sometimes flexible working previously has not been an option and that's partly because employers maybe are concerned people won't be performing they won't be able to deliver if they're working at home you know that you know there's just that sort of it seems to be that sort of fear element. So how can you demonstrate to employers that you are performing or establish even your own performance metrics if you're self-employed? This is a really interesting area because I think it's why flexible working up until the pandemic arrived never really sit properly took up. It mm. did it did to some extent in the IT sector. And I think what's it really doesn't it I think in the IT sector it is a lot more straightforward to establish metrics that, um, and, and not necessarily just the IT sector, um, to establish metrics. But what I would say here is in terms of demonstrating to an employer, and I've talked about this with organisations that are struggling with this, is that the first thing that needs to happen is employers need to look at their current performance metrics to see if they're can, if they they are now fit for purpose yeah, on the basis that people are working from home. Mm-hmm. I talk about responsible autonomy. I, to employers I, and managers, I talk about recognising that 
staff can be autonomous. They are autonomous if they're working from home to a large extent. But the the vast majority of staff, it will there will always be the odd person, uh, the the occasional person that managers or employers may not naturally trust to work in the best interests. Yeah, mm, yeah. But you there needs to the, there needs to be a mind shift on the on the uh, part of employers at least. Um, not only to to, to recognise that naturally workers do expect to do a good job. They want to do a good job. You know, we we don't we don't take any pleasure in doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But it, I think it's so important that the performance metrics are reviewed, even if they are considered to be absolutely appropriate in the in now that people have moved into a home working situation. There still needs to be conversations with staff. For example, lots of people are homeschooling now. Um, and the employer needs to not only be made aware of that situation, but they have there has to be a negotiation around mm. what is feasible to be done. Yeah. Um, if the you know if if if, if in those in those situations, um, then there, I mean there there is an agenda a gender issue here as well. And I'll just give you an example from the university sector. They've changed, they've been reviewing the criteria for promotion because normally promotions would be based on a number of publications, largely based on number of publications that people um, produce in a, in a, in a, in a year, one year period. Right. And that, that's being, that is being, uh, has been reviewed for those people with caring responsibilities. So strictly speaking, it's not genderized, but yeah. you know, anyone can anyone can say, I still want to be put forward for promotion. I may not meet the current metrics, but these are my caring responsibilities. I think it's about open communication. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, particularly with employers. And so I, it's very difficult to um specify which occupations are better suited to better defining the metrics that go into a performance review a lot of the professions like accountancy law where they have billable hours the it sector where you can uh you can you can uh build a project based on work packages and 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 agree a work schedule for them Mm. Um, but it, it, but I suppose when when any anything like that is going on, there needs to be a lot more interaction between the parties, between management, the employer, and the and the employee, so that the employer is made aware of anything that might um, mean that performance needs to be handled differently for that particular individual i think i'm i'm finding employers are finding that very difficult to do because they'd like to treat everybody the same yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and then when you're working for yourself um it's clearly important to have a long-term goal where you want to be in six months or 12 months but that really needs to be unpacked it really you know it Mm -hmm. isn't sufficient to have this nebulous goal um that you're not accountable to anybody are you when you're no, in boss you're, you're only accountable. accountable to you <laughs> and 
it's and I think people don't provide I think in a in a not in a, working for somebody or working for themselves people don't engage in enough reflection it's mm-hmm. fine if everything's going well it's fine you know if, if you feel like you're you're going it you know you're very confident that you're going in the right direction towards uh, meeting your own goals your own six monthly goal or, or annual goal that you might have set yourself um, in your in your work but if things start to uh, are not going as well as you would hope them to be it's well worth spending a you know at least a couple of hours not just and this is where homeworking is is uh, key here not just looking at the the aspects of the work where there may have been setbacks but also thinking about your working day and what may have been constraining that you know are the things that are interrupting your working day that you're trying to believe are exceptional but you may have to acknowledge have become more routine and recognize that and and um I don't know I'm just trying to think don't uh, check what's getting in the way of yeah like performing yeah what is it I mean, you know because I think a lot of people also put in more meetings because they feel like they need to meet with each other and check in but then if you yeah. have lots of ones I realized that um I was having meetings once a week with um part of my team and then I wasn't getting anything done between the meetings because then I ran out of time I said look we're gonna have fortnightly meetings because on the the session that's in between where we'd normally meet I'm actually going to get on with the content creation that we need to do between that because my diary was too full of meetings and no downtime to actually get stuff done so um you know I think talk for talk's sake and then we all come away with a load of actions but unless you've got the time in the diary carved out to do that and that's why I've like tools like Calendly because Calendly you know you can create a calendar um but I've blocked out time in my diary where it is you know just desk time to work through you know those urgent and important tasks that you mentioned for example yes I think people can I mean I think yeah people definitely um can believe they've been very busy in a working day and they've been on zoom calls or whatever or for six hours but they've achieved nothing you know um because they've yeah like you said there's been a lot a lot of talk got more on Um, your list if anything (laughs) yes yes um and yeah, I, it's, um, you know, when I talked about taking the initiative, organisation and accountability, when you're self-managing yourself, mm. organisation is key. And it and it's this need to keep reviewing. So you can get to the end of a week. I mean, a good time to review would probably be a Friday afternoon. Yes. Um, if you don't, and let's hope you don't work at weekends, people do need to distinguish hopefully between the the week and the weekends although it's very difficult these days but it's worth looking at good days and less good days of of the week that's just passed and you know perhaps you did fill a day too much with with meetings you know Um, Mm -hmm. always go back to your urgent versus important tasks and see Mm -hmm. where you've got to on your important tasks you Mm -hmm. know you can't leave important tasks you know oh I'll I'll address the important tasks at the weekend you know Um, ultimately people will burn out Um, burnout isn't something it sounds very dramatic in (laughs) practice it isn't it just means that very gradually your motor your Productivity and your motivation um, decline. 
yeah. and and a new I mean yeah some people can have a dramatic could have a dramatic burnout mm. but it's very unlikely it's much more insidious than that mm. and um, it can be very difficult to jump out of to get out of when you've 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 perhaps taken on too much um your I mean I haven't talked about but it uh, you've mentioned it has a you know interdependencies with you know teams it's not often people are working from home in a, in a but in a team-based environment mm. you know with distributed and remote um it takes time to manage those interdependencies when you're not physically co-located you know yeah, it's all yeah. got to be built into the day and one of the things that you you know you mentioned then was around you know don't well having a full day of meetings is exhausting you don't get stuff done you end up with a list of priorities but I think you know I tend to feel like that like Mondays I do have meetings all day and because I'm more probably of an introvert person as well I find actually by the last meeting I'm quite exhausted so it's not necessarily like the best meeting of the day no you know it's terrible but I can feel that my energy isn't as high as it was at nine o'clock in the morning obviously so I think it is about structuring your day in different ways so personality yeah, how yes. does that play a role in homeworking? Um, yeah. It probably ties in with a few of your points that you've made about social interaction, but what's yeah. just to be mindful of there? Well, the, the, basically, I mean, the, I'm drawing here, I'm not just sort of talking off the top of my head here. <laughs> um, in terms of leadership management and, and our interaction with work, people are more pre, people will be more predisposed to either the task or people okay so um so that's not to say that people who are people oriented more predisposed toward people orientation um are not focused on the task um but people who are i'll start with the people who are more task orientated they um i'm talking now from um the disc um disc personality predispositions and tendencies um, they will be more, DISC stands for uh, dominant, decisive, um, I is inspiring um, and innovative, S is stable and steady, mm-hmm. C is conscientious and calm. The S and the C's are more, if, you, if you've got, um, people are a mix of all of those four, by the way, so we're not, you know, it'd be very unusual just to be one personality predisposition but if you are more task orientated which is the s and the c types then you have less need for social interaction Mm. doesn't mean you don't have any need yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but you are more far more focused on the task and potentially have a lot more confidence in yourself that you can deliver yeah Mm, But, but it's down to you yeah it's really useful you brought the disc profile there we had in one of the previous podcasts we did delved into disc and there was a free assessment tool so if anybody's listening you might want to look back in the episodes and check out the personality and and you can google disc profile so you can suss out your own and and it is interesting to reflect on that you know to be conscious about what's you know how do I is again it's sort of taking self-responsibility managing your time blocking out your calendar 
Um, loads of great tips in the session today, Maxine. Brilliant. Well, it's lovely to have you here. You're certainly one of my inspirational leaders. So uh, <laughs> you're aligning with your profile there. And thank you for sharing all those top tips. Um, and it's great to hear that you're, you're sharing these with other employers and doing the workshops around this, because I think it's what people need, particularly given where we are, you know, going into going in the second lockdown at the moment, you know, people are just hitting that ground. And, you know, in my team meeting this morning, we did our goals for this year. And actually, you know, it was kind of like, yes, we're just trying to survive the next month and a half and then we can sort of put our head up and you know that's the sort of level that people are operating at right now so I think you know sharing this wisdom is really really valuable and it was a really great topic to talk to you about today thank you Maxine you're welcome <laughs> um, and if you'd love if you love the show please do review and subscribe it on iTunes and um, great you have you here and if you want to get involved in more homeworking and upskill in um, Salesforce or any of those tech areas, then visit our website at supermums.org to find out more. And you can also join our Facebook group at Supermums, um, where we're talking about all these great topics. And so if you've got any questions from today or any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So thanks very much. Um, speak to you soon. Bye. Mums on Cloud9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Emperor.